Okay, welcome to episode 130 of Never Iron Anything Comics Review Podcast. This week, I'm joined by someone you will know well, one of my pod brothers from the Awesome Comics Podcast. It's the thinking man's... Think sorry, pardon me. It's the thinking ladies, Hasselhoff, Danny Boy Butcher. Hey, oh, thank you. I think I've like a broader pill, men and women. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think they do. Yeah. Yeah. Why not, eh? Yeah, beggars can't be choosers. It's the modern world, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yeah. Take it easy. Yes. Outside of your animal sexual magnetism, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Very good. You yeah. know, uh, busy, busy. Busy work. Have you been it? Because you go into work occasionally, don't you? Yes, I do two days a week uptown, oh, which bad. is yeah, it's a blessed relief from just <laughs> just to get to speak to someone who isn't my wife and my oh, son. Man, yeah, I know what you mean. Just I treat it like of... a day out when I go in the office. I quite like it. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I usually I, I talk a load of shit at home, and then I just get in the office and talk a load of different shit. So, it's... <laughs> I see, I see, uh, I see the office as my playground. Sometimes I like to wander around saying stupid things. You know. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it amuses me. Mind, uh, I, I can with my wife, I can wind her up so much, but there's a limit to it. Whereas when you go into the office, you know, a bit like that Colin character of, of what we do in the shadows, he yeah. goes around and bores people. I go around and mildly irritate people. I imagine you're much the same, <laughs> yeah. Tea. Yeah, I take yeah. great, great love in irritating people, <laughs> yeah, just like stupid things. Like whenever someone walks in with a coffee, I'll go, Are you right for a coffee? <laughs> just every time. We got one on the person who sits opposite us, me and uh, mate Lee, and he makes this kind of mouse squeaking noise. <laughs> and I was like, "There's that fucking noise again." And the girls opposite, "Oh, you you can hear it too." So like, yeah, I can do it on and off. He's come from that vent behind you, and we've actually <laughs> we sort of gaslit this girl for the past three weeks, that, or months actually, that they're sank in the vent behind. You. <laughs> That's what it's all about. I've trained a couple of the guys in the office. Whenever I walk in, they they comment on my hair. That's oh, one of the things I like them to do. Yeah. Your hair's looking nice today, Tony. I said, oh, thank you. Sort of flick it around like a Timothy advert. Yeah. Sort of, oh, I and I started a rumour that one of them was a nudist. She thought it was quite <laughs> funny. I mean, she's German, so there's a lot of nudist nudism in Germany. Uh, and she kind course. of half admitted to going to a nudist beach once. So, you know, it carried it, on. Ipso facto, she's a nudist. Definitely proven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's not bullying. It's just fun. It's just um, fun. Now, you chose the subject this week, didn't you? Dude. Yes. In fact, you messaged me, so why don't we talk about this? Um, what did you choose, dude? I've chosen uh, The Punisher, Circle of Blood, uh, which is issue one to five, controversially. It was going to be one issue, one to four. Yeah. Uh, miniseries that kind of essentially launched The Punisher, didn't it? Yeah. So this wasn't his first appearance, but it was kind of like the big one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one that's sort of gone back to a lot. And we'll talk about why in a bit. So you're right, five issue miniseries are originally going to be four, which I'm going to ask you about in a bit, um, from 1986, written by, well, most of it written by Stephen Grant, um, most of it drawn by Mike Zeck, um, mm. John Beattie inking. Mike Vosberg did the art on five, and Joe Duffy assisted with the script on five. Um, uh, Ken Brusenak did the letters, and Bob Sharon and Mike Zeck did the colours, and good old reliable Carl Potts was the editor, with Jim Shearer as editor-in-chief. Um, it's an interesting one. Now, for those looking for it online, you will find it in some places called Punisher Circle of Blood. For example, I've got the Marvel Masterwork, which is called Punisher Circle of Blood, Marvel Premiere Classic Volume 11. Um, however, it was just called The Punisher when it came out, wasn't it? 
Right, okay. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. The um, Circle of Blood was the title of the first story, which is the iconic um, prison, uh, prison section yeah. of it. You know, It's a bit like Game of Thrones, kind of. That's actually called a, a Song of Ice and Fire, but the, the first book is called Game of Thrones. Oh, I didn't know the, that. Okay. So that's, that's taken it. Yeah. That, that's where they're taking it from. I'm watching okay. that thing with the dragons on. It took a bit of a weird turn when the last episode I saw. Are you talking about the incest bit? Yeah. Fuck me, yeah. It's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I was shifting uncomfortably in my seat. <laughs> yeah. My wife said, are you all right? I said, oh, just a massive erection. Just... <laughs> 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 hey, no, it's a, bit, it's a bit of a weird one, that. I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad I didn't watch it with my son. We have a habit of watching it together, but he would have given, yeah. I'd have given him a long look down the couch saying, what are we watching this for? Yeah. You know, just uh, like, try to embarrass want, him. Yeah. Want a cup of tea? <laughs> <laughs> back to the punisher rather than punishing yes. um where did you first discover the character dude i think there was a punisher comic in the uk that did the reprints of this and yeah. i think that that was my first i think i'd seen him on the in the cover of spider-man that iconic uh spider-man cover where spider-man's yeah. fallen and he's got the target and the punisher shooting at him, which is a fantastic cover yeah uh and i think that introduced me to him that, that the marvel reprints and then it went straight from like the punished circle of blood into the uh voss what's that the artist's name Vosberg. yeah who and mike baron writing it oh, I, okay I, I, I didn't like that art at the time but I've, I've it's grown on me yeah yeah okay i think i my first exposure to him was um i think the british reprint of amazing spider-man 129 okay. uh, which is his first appearance which in america came out in feb 74 um, and then I remember reading the Marvel preview story, which was 75, which was his origin. Um, and I think that was, re I've got a feeling, just off the top of my head, I think in the UK it was reprinted in Savage Tales, hmm. the UK version of Savage Tales. And I read that. Um, and then I sort of carried on with him, really. I don't think I bought the whole run of this. For some reason, I think I only got like issue two and three or something like that. I didn't okay. get the first issue. But I, be, I remember it being quite a hot book at the time. Um just to talk a little bit, I think we're gonna. I'm just gonna talk a little bit about the origin of him. I, we have done the origin of um, Punisher before when um, um, I did the episode with Gary Hill, but yeah. the, I think this is worth mentioning that Marvel, especially in the Bronze Age, it was common for them to look at fashions and pick on fashions that were happening in other media and monetize them by putting them into comics. And I think some of the other examples of that are um, the black exploitation um, craze that became Luke Cage. Um, this is a Pat Mills philosophy, and uh, yes, it, it is. It, it pays. It pays. Pays yeah. off. Yeah, and um, the other notable one is the Bruce Lee and the Kung Fu craze that was going on in the seventies. That, of course, became Shang Chi and yeah. um, Iron Fist and stuff like that. Sons of the Dragon and all sorts of things. And this is a direct, um, directly birthed from the popular neo pulp um, novels that were stuff like the Exterminator, which in the UK was called Mac Bolan, I believe. Um, certainly the ones I was buying. And we had stuff like The, the Penetrator, believe it or not, was another one. Yeah, yeah. King Kung Fu, we had The Destroyer. There was there was massive. I think there's like 300 Exterminator novels. Bloody hell. The covers of them were absolute joy. Yeah. They're all, brilliant. All those absolutely books. lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Punisher was originally called The Assassin um, in the original script, but um, Stan didn't like it. And I think the problem with that Stan was having, he was having to tread a very thin line between the comics code and getting stuff um, knocked back that he was submitting to them. Because 
whilst around this time or just prior to it, we had had the spider-man issue the drugs issue that stan had said oh fuck oh fuck the comics code sort of thing but yeah. it was still still everything was going through them um so this character was designed by john ramita senior um and it was written um, from a creation point of view by jerry conway and we, i'm sure we're going to get to him later yeah now he was created in more of a sort of superhero costume than perhaps people are used to these days. Um, these days, it's much more a sort of combat outfit. It's I think. that well referred to as that tactical, isn't it? Where he's yeah. got like vests and like the army trousers and yeah. guns strapped to him and stuff. Yeah, very much so that you might see on the you know <clears throat> the military or the police, you know, firearms units or something like that. But back then, it was it was a bit more of a sort of superhero costume, and the skull. I thought the the, the costume design. I remember looking at it thinking it's clever because they've made this skull on the chest but the teeth are what are the teeth are they look like nunchucks or yeah no never sure quite sure what they were yeah but they, they seem they, i just accepted it for what it was mm. that's what it is yeah and the skull on the chest whilst a lovely design for this isn't an original thing if you look at um the black terror which is a character that's a golden yep. age character and then he came back again um i think dynamite Brought him yeah. back. Um, he has that very visible skull on his chest, and it, as a number of people did. To be fair, it was probably more of a sort of pirate thing. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. yeah, I think uh, there's a manga anime character, Captain Harlock, that has yes, of course, a, a yeah. column, skull and crossbones on his chest. Yeah, yeah, that's <clears> interesting. <throat> so we're gonna we're gonna talk about a bit about this. Um, we there is there is a slight subtext to talking about this in that yeah. it, there is a parallel between what happens in this and what happens in a current story which we're mm -hmm. going to kind of explore a little bit but first off i thought we would um i'd ask you this dan who who is the punisher to you who it's a weird one because there's a lot of debate going on about him at the moment isn't there is he a, is he a villain is he a hero what is he who is he someone we should look up to or is he someone we should not look up to you know there's a lot awful lot of discussion going on in yeah. different places but to you man who is he it's a tough one if you'd have asked me 20 years ago i could have told you straight off the bat but yeah. it's such a great character now as i've grown older and kind of gone got hopefully got a little more wiser yeah uh, it's a character in the graves for me but for, for me the, the the punisher is a, a, a character that is doing the right thing he's always striving to do the right thing and he, he's trying to met out like justice and punishment and it, if there's like a, a law or something that won't stop him from doing what's right yeah uh, I, I see him as a, a heroic individual okay yeah so i suppose the big sticking point there is the murdering yes you know. um i mean this does yeah he's not the first person he's not the first superhero to you know have a mur murder people I, I, I was thinking about it the other day in the the 40s version of daredevil which is the sort of golden another you know, one that um appears in savage dragon not the marvel mm -hmm. one he was murdering people i mean batman had guns in his you know his first few issues i mean conan murders people left right and center well, yeah um, i think uh it's kind of the, as in with a lot of good characters that it kind of brings up that question that debate of like like stuff like capital punishment is that justified yeah. and the same with the punisher like essentially he's not been uh sort of given that position he's just taking it and doing what he thinks society can't and there's a lot of debate whether he, what he's doing is right or wrong uh yeah. yeah i think you're right man and um i mean i'm not a believer in capital punishment i put it out no, there, but same um 
I don't believe that any government or any person has the right to take someone's life. No. I mean, just lock them up forever is fine yeah. by me. But I think it doesn't stop In the me. realms of fiction. Yeah, like, in, the, in the realms of yeah. fiction, it doesn't stop me reading about it and enjoying no. it as a, an yeah. interesting counterpoint because people aren't actually dying in the comics. Yeah. You know, they're, and they're like, they're not, when you're looking at bad guys like Jigsaw and stuff like that, they're not nuanced criminals. Like, <laughs> yeah. they're, 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 they're bad guys, as it were. Like, yeah. And, and the Punisher's there to, to take him out. Yeah. Because it's had quite a lot of criticism, the Punisher. Of More late, recent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of late, it seems to be. Uh, I've got, I've done a, a bit of cursory research. Into yeah, that. I don't know if you want to go into this side of it. Yeah, let's and... do that now, man. Because you, you, you sent me a couple of articles. I think one in in Time Magazine, one of them. Yeah, I, I read through the one in Time Magazine. I was searching, trying to find something like, where's all this hatred and not hatred, but kind of like pushback against the Punisher logo, the skull. And it comes the, the skull in question is not like the original one or any one that's popped up anytime recently it's from the tom jane thomas jane punisher which okay. was 1990 you know that kind of like yeah. the spray the spray painted one oh it's okay kind of more yeah, stylized yeah. skull the, the t-shirt of which i'm wearing now <laughs> uh i was going through a, a couple a month or so ago i was going through like just war films i was checking out some war films and i put on american sniper i didn't know anything about american sniper no i've never um, seen it i'll be honest no. with you. yeah so it tells the story of uh chris carl who's like uh an elite sniper working in for the US as a Marine. And he, uh, in the film, they're driving around in Humvees and stuff. And it's got the Punisher skull on it. And I was like, oh, where's this come from then? So that gave me a kind of an in, search that up. And his unit, they used to call themselves the Punishers. Yeah. And they would label their gear up with a Punisher skull whenever they went around in Iraq. If they'd secured a building, they'd, they'd spray paint the Punisher skull right on it okay and the philosophy for them was like he said quoting him he righted wrongs he killed bad guys he made wrongdoers fear fear him and from that the uh the local militia and local people took that skull on as kind of like a, a, a symbol of uh military strength right okay and yeah because i know it was used um the, even the sunni paramilitary were wearing the yes signs. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There's a, a in the article. There's a a, a journalist, Itali uh, Daniel Ranieri. He, he sort of does a documentation of kind of the Punisher use image throughout Iraq, and it's like a military vest, jackets, cars, loads of stuff. Yeah. So they kind of it's been adopted and changed, and that's one of the things with symbols that sometimes a symbol will take on a life of its own, and yeah, what you originally meant that to be can be completely changed you only have to look at something like that pepe the frog oh, that's a good point actually that guy yeah. did that little frog cartoon about a, a frog man who takes a piss or his pants down and they're <laughs> like why'd you do that and he goes oh feels good man and then look at it now it's, yeah, it's all caught up with maga uh far right means sort of everything red, red pill people and all that sort of thing yes isn't it? Yeah, yeah yeah that's the thing it's it's an interesting one because i think beyond that i mean certainly with the internet things spread like wildfire don't they mm. even more than they used to but i think it's it's so it's it's spread from the military to the police as well i mean i yeah i was thinking about this the other day what what is wrong with the police having a a punisher sign somewhere i'm not i'm not certain it's i mean the police arrest people in order to put them in front of a court to be punished. Yeah, I yeah. Know. I for me, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really want a Punisher symbol like on if a if a, a policeman wants to wear a Punisher 
t-shirt whatever a punisher wallet fine whatever but but if it's on like official vehicles yeah, or something it shouldn't be it's like, mm, yeah don't do that i don't think you but, get that over here i can't imagine you no. I mean, everyone seems to be sort of uniforms in the states it seems to be they make them up as they go along a bit the uniforms sometimes some yeah. of them have t-shirts and some of them have suits i mean and, I've, you know i've seen police cars with fucking decepticon symbols on official police cars so it's kind of <laughs> like it's not just <laughs> i mean so when but I can understand if if you sort of, you you got concerns about your police system and there's they're espousing like the, the philosophy of the Punisher, maybe not directly, but got these symbols in their car. We're saying, well, we're going to step outside the law to do what we think's right. You would think should should he be? Yeah, touching that philosophy with a fucking barge pole. It's become mixed I, up with the the firearms issue, isn't it? Which we don't yes. quite have as much of here. You know, it's no. very rare. Um, so, One of the things that does frustrate me is when people imprint problems in America onto the UK. We've got a completely different set of problems, yeah. uh, and we're, we're very we're very similar in some respects and very dissimilar in a lot of respects. Yeah. So log log all that in your in your brains because we're going to reflect on that a little bit on yeah. the current state of Punisher by the time we get to the end of talking about Circle of Blood because there's direct parallels between mm. what happens to him in that. And what is happening to him now? The would you mind giving me a little summary or giving the listeners a little summary of what happens, dude? Sure. So this carries straight on from uh, the Spider-Man story where he's uh, jailed. Is that right? Yeah. I, I believe so. Yes, okay. I think so, so yeah. Here's my spiel. Uh, <laughs> imprisoned in Rikers Island, Frank Castle attempts an escape during a violent prison riot, only to be caught doing so. Rather than being sent back inside to finish his sentence, a citizen's organization called The Trust, who have issues with how the American justice system operates, offers Frank a deal. They'll fund his war on crime and let him continue operating as a gun-toting vigilante, no strings attached. Little does Frank realize that The Trust has other ideas. With old old enemies and new foes trying to kill him from left and right, Frank doesn't know who to turn to or who to trust. But Frank Castle is the Punisher. And if you go up against the Punisher, you better have an army of men and body bags ready to pack him into. Good stuff, man. Yeah, good. So that's fair, isn't it? And yeah. I think people, when they think about Circle of Blood, they they always say, oh, this is the one where he's in prison. But that only lasts for, a, is it just over an issue? It's one of, issue. One At issue, the end yeah. of it, he's, he's like set up again. That's right. Of... Yeah, that's so he's out. And he's, he's that's when we get the, the attempt on the on the um, kingpin, don't we? Yeah. The, um, so the prison sequence, which is issue one, and it's the old classic, you know, you can put Stallone in the role of the Punisher, can't you, in prison? Mm. You know, yeah. in prison as the outsider, they all want to kill him. He has to defend himself. Um, there was a sequence like that in the recent Reacher TV series. Yes, right. That. Yeah, yes, yeah, right. Very similar, actually. Um, so, is this is this pre or post Watchmen? Because uh, you got the pre, sequence. Okay, because the sequence with uh, Rorschach when he goes into prison is very similar to this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's almost so, like the same thing, but with with this change in certain scenarios. Actually, is it? I'm just checking. Uh, it is no, it's just after. Okay. Or around the same time, actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the same time. So yeah, one could be an influence on the other, but I mean, it's it's become a, a never-ending trope, isn't it? In Punisher, he always seems to get put back in prison. You know, mm. and there's that yeah. whole you know, you're, you're shut in here with me kind of thing, you know, that sort of nonsense. That was also which came from Watchmen, isn't it, really? It's that similar yeah. sort of idea. Um, now, also in into the mix is um, a couple of people. Firstly up is Tony Masira, who um, allegedly is 
the son of a mafia character who is studying to be a doctor but looks like disco beyonder yeah it's kind of it it doesn't he's got like the look of uh a a young mobster which he's not supposed to be yeah Uh, in like a white suit with a a gold you know like a cross on a chain and all that sort of thing he's got his sleeves rolled up he's got like kind of like (laughs) a kind of clark kent carl like kiss curl going on and uh yeah, he's not supposed to have that, is he? No, <laughs> he's meant to be training to be a doctor or something. Yeah. But the what, first thing he does, he picks up a gun and decides he's going to kill the Punisher or something, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but, like, would you... Uh, if you as a person who's going to send someone up against the Punisher, would it be, like, a, a second-year med student who's never <laughs> yeah, held yeah. a gun? Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. So that's quite cool. I mean, by this time, Punisher's come out of prison. So we've had, we've had the classic... Um, he's had to go up in front of the, the geezer in charge of the prison, um, who at first we think is Jigsaw, but isn't in fact Jigsaw. It's this sort of mafia don. Um, yeah. So I know I've heard an interview with Stephen Grant where he was saying, you know, how come you use the how come you use Jigsaw? And he says, well, at the time, Jigsaw was kind of the only Punisher villain. Yeah. Because the, we'll talk about this in a bit, but the, the Marvel offices, each editor ruled the office as if it was a kingdom. And they obviously had their own villains, which could be lent out. You know, you could lend mm. out Doc Ock to fight the Hulk or something, but it was really it belonged to the Spidey office. Um, and at the time, they were a bit stuck, so they only really had um, Jigsaw. And Kingpin himself barely makes an entrance. In fact, it's not even Kingpin in this, is it? No. Yeah. He, he, he sort of makes an attempt on it in the second issue, but it's not Kingpin. Yeah. It's, so we get it's that. It's interesting. Yeah, it mm. is. Yeah, it's, it's, it does. It does wonder a bit this story about the place i think um but it starts off in the prison and we get all the classic tropes of prisons you know he's in the yard working out but there's problems and you know someone breaks into his cell to kill him and um then there's a prison break that's organized and there's a couple of the screws are, are dodgy and corrupt and he has to fight one of them and he just ends up having to fight the sort of tough guy in the prison and but he eventually gets out so it's actually quite a readable you know, dr- you know, yeah. drums along quite a fast pace. Good for me. This story. is the, the the standout issue. Of yeah, the, me too, man. Yeah, uh, the uh, my copy's got the the pencils by Zek in the back. Yeah, and this whole fucking issue is just like a masterwork. I I, I prefer the pencils to the the colours. The spot yeah, you blacks. were chatting with this actually. You were saying that the um the pencil if this was a black and white, you know, it would it would be more enjoyable almost. You know. But yeah, man. Like it's so, uh, it comes across as a hell of a lot grittier. And kind of it does, doesn't it? That's a good point, man. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, yeah the stuff in the the yard and the stuff with um, Jigsaw. There's a real darkness yeah. to it. It's almost an EC comic at points. Yeah, yeah. But when you look at the kind of the uh, the coloured stuff, it takes an edge off of it. But yeah. yeah, when I was when I first read this, I thought this was edgy as fuck. I was like, <laughs> bloody hell, this is this is savage. Yeah, yeah, I got you. What you mean. Um, and then we, in issue two, we get Wilson Fisk. Uh, or, or kind of, we think it's Wilson Fisk, who's described as a spice dealer at one point. Did you spot that? Yeah, that's an odd one. I was thinking, yeah. fucking Harkonnen. Yeah, <laughs> that's who he is, though, isn't it? He's Baron Harkonnen, isn't oh, he? Wilson course. Fisk. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. um, like, you think, oh, he's, he's gonna have to go some to kill the kingpin. He just fucking throws a grenade, blo- shoots the wall out of a grenade launcher, just jumps in. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh, okay, that <laughs> wasn't too odd. There's a great page of um, a single splash page of him throwing himself off the roof as well yeah. in issue two, and he does that well throughout this sec, doesn't he? He does that sort of single splash um, thing with you know sort of leaping in the air. He does that even you know 
there's, oh, there's, there's a series one of one page. Yeah. Yeah, that's strengths. definitely one of his strong points of Zek is like when he when the action kicks off, he's really in his own, and that the kind of the leaping, yeah, is yeah, it, it's brilliant. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, cool. Um, now let's have a quick talk about the creators while we're at it because there's, there's a few in this book. Um, so we've got um, Stephen Grant, um, uh, PaperMovies.com. You can find him at the website. He's was born in October '53, born in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, he used to publish a fanzine called "The Vault of Mindless Fellowship." It's a title, isn't it? Yeah, um, that is. Fuck me. He um, he was friends with Roger Stern, and he was going to go and stay on Roger Stern's couch. You know, I think I think Stern lived in Manhattan at the time, and Stern said, "Yeah, that's fine." But he says, "Can you do me a favour? While you're here, can you write an issue of Marvel Two in One? Because um, um, I'm desperate for someone." And that's kind of where it all started. Although he'd written stuff for fanzines and stuff, he, it was this little favour or this favour to Roger Stern to write this story for him that he ended up getting getting on board, really. Okay. And because he shares a name with Moon Knight, one of the Moon Knight characters, he decided to make it a Moon Knight story, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he took over from Roger Stern on the Hulk eventually and wrote The Avengers, Spectacular Spider-Man. Um, I personally remembered his, his story called Whisper. Um, from First Comics, which originally started at Capitol. Um, he, um, early in his career, he got on with Dennis Kitchen, which is a strange relationship. I still can't figure this one out. Um, and they made, they, they were going to make an underground comic, but it got cancelled due to some obscenity rulings that were going on at the time. Wow. Um, he was big friends with Gil Kane. Um, more of Gil Kane in a couple of weeks, actually. We'll be talking about him in association with someone else. But, like, he's a guy that... For me, growing up and reading comics in the 70s, 80s, he always seemed to have his fingerprints in stuff. But we don't see much of him anymore. Um, that can be said a lot of the old guard, unfortunately. Yeah, sadly, yeah. yeah. He um, he was given the task of writing the end of Amiga the Unknown, which obviously was um, the um, the Gerber book, but... And finishing the story off in an issue of Defenders, two issues of the Defenders, which he did, which allegedly they fell out over, or, or right, Gerber okay. wasn't particularly pleased about. But um, I was reading an interview with Grant where he said that later on they actually become buddies and used to hang out a bit. I think they sort of turned a corner on that. He co-wrote Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions, which I loved as a kid. Have you ever read that one? No, I've not read that one. The one where they, they all get taken onto a planet and they have to fight each other. Um, Is that your Secret Wars? No, before that. Before Secret, oh no, yeah, yeah, I don't even know about that. Yeah, Captain Britain's in it, and there's a few characters ah, in it. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's a good one. I remember going nuts for it. It was like I had the three issues in the car on holiday once, and just rereading it. You know, as you drive about, shut up and sit in the back kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same with some Justice League of America comics. I mean, yeah. four issues I've read multiple times. I can over remember two weeks. every single panel now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he was a friend of, um, became friendly with Chaikin, Howard Chaikin, and he became a writer on um, American Flag when Chaikin stopped, and also took on a, another first comic called Psycho Blast. Um, he wrote something called um, X, Dark Horse, which was a sort of vigilante character when they were trying to do that superhero. Yeah. And like X, Ghost, Barbed Wire. That's it. And then they yeah. had that monster one, didn't they? The, uh, oh, yeah, I can't remember that one. one. Yeah, I can't remember it either. But yeah, that, you're right. That's when um, Barb Wire came about, wasn't it? Which obviously yep. became the movie with um, Doodah. Um, Anderson, Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson, that's it. Um, he created a new version of The Manhunter at DC, um, which 
I'm not going to go into because it's far too fucking complicated. But if you <laughs> listen to the recent Earth 2 podcast, they explain the Manhunters very well. So go back and have a listen to that. Um, and then he remained good friends with Zek and wrote a crime series called Damned Image. Did you ever read that? No, no, you heard of that. Really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah really good. Um, he created two guns at Boom, which I suppose is most famous for becoming the Denzel Washington Mark Wahlberg movie. Um, there's talk of a sequel to that. Have you seen that? No, I've not seen that one. Yeah, it's quite good. I'm getting, I'm getting schooled here. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of these. <laughs> and then he did um, Mortal Souls and My Flesh is Cool over at Saucy Avatar. Um, nice. And then what you will know him for, dude, is he adapted Miller's Robocop screenplays into comics versions. Ah, uh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know that. He writes quite a lot. He goes writes a lot of novels at the moment. He's doing. He's done some Hardy Boys novels and stuff like that um, as okay. well, interestingly. Really interesting. If you can find it, I'll, t- I'll give the quote. I'll give the, the location of the interview. I yeah, really interesting guy. We've talked about Mike Zek before. Um, obviously, a close friend of ours, Dan. Yes, spoke to him <laughs> at length, didn't we? At uh, London Super Comic Con. Well, how cool was that? That was the night before. It was it fucking awesome. Yeah, I've got a picture of him holding uh, Vanguard Book One. Course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. use that on my patron to <laughs> vlog it. Cool, because we um, we got in there early. Yes. To set up, I think it was the Friday night or something, wasn't it? When it wasn't open on Fridays, and um, he was setting up, and I sort of found him, and I was desperately trying to pocket call you to get yeah. him to come over. Yeah, but you, I think you came over and hurriedly told us, and we and fucking Vince like legged it over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And we just nice started dude. chewing his ear off. Yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he studied art at the Ringling School, um, and he sent out samples to publishers. Um, he started at Charlton, like a lot of the the artists we talk about on here he did some flintstones comics ghost manor and monster hunter which is the one i think where i first saw him monster hunter which is okay. a quirky little charlton series um he started working in 1977 with on master of kung fu which is obviously a big love of mine yes um and during that time he was also assisting wally wood wow okay yeah now that was, i think that was during wally wood's crazy i'm a mental person period <laughs> when he was sort of <laughs> drinking a lot and playing with handguns and yeah that sort of thing excellent um you all should should have that kind of period yeah yeah i think so mine's next week um (laughs) schedule was in um and then he went to work on cap and gi joe both of which i know we read yeah um and then in 1984 he did secret wars which we mentioned a minute ago and then 1986 punisher Mm. um secret wars was a fucking revelation to me when i was first reading that with zex artwork loved it yeah yeah i think he kind of got the what, I'm, what I've read about Zek over the past kind of week or two is the fact that uh, if you give him the time to do his work, he's great, but he, he seems to fall behind on deadlines a little. I'm not, okay. sure if I'm, I'm not sure if I'm malaligning him a little there, but you can definitely see that play out in uh, the pun- Circle of Blood. Right, okay. So th- let's let's mention that, because in Circle of Blood, um, it was going to be four issues. It then became five. Did you want to talk a little bit about that, dude? <clears throat> yeah, there's some... Uh, from what I've read in... Th- it was essentially going to be planned to be the four issues and then for whatever reason got put to the five <clears throat> but Zek was on board all the t- all the time with uh Stephen Grant and when there was kind of halfway through doing four they heard rumors that they were getting an art talent to do five yeah. <clears throat> and I think obviously as an artist that would kind of fuck you off a bit yeah and, it would me as well wouldn't yeah. you yeah, uh, yeah Zek was like under the cosh for this there's stories of uh Beatty like doing the inking, he mentioned he, he stayed at uh, Zek's house in Connecticut to kind of like right. fucking keep up with it. And they were putting in like, according to this uh, uh, article, they're putting in fourteen-hour days, seven days a week, 
to try and get the 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 comic out and done. Right. And I think the same thing that happened with Zack on Secret Wars, where he started off, and as it got further in, they had to bring in other artists to kind of pick up the slack. Right. Okay. So don't take that as kind of gospel that that's his work mentality because all I've read of the man that he fucking works really, really odd. Yeah. And if he's if you he, when he's on form, like in the first issue of Circle of Blood, uh, he's one of my favourites. Yeah, mate. I mean, but but he's quite loose in inking, I think. But the Gene <laughs> Day art you got um, inking over him in Master of Kung Fu was fucking sublime. Yeah. Yeah. You know, solid figures, and you know just. He, the physicality of characters he really he can really handle yeah. and i would put him up there um at the time with what burn was doing you know they're both very readable artists yeah yeah, yeah. it's weird his frank always reminds reminds me a bit of a like roided up uh bruce campbell okay like the kind yeah, of yeah. like the black swishback hair and like the the, the facial expressions yeah uh I, I think he might have been a good fit at one point to play a, yeah, kind of, a younger punisher yeah, yeah. The Punisher's got to look like a shit house, isn't he? You know, he's got yeah. to look like you, if you punch him, you're going to hurt your hand. I think, yeah, like a lot of the time, especially kind of as he gets older and the the character gets a little older. I always see him as a bit of an older character, like sort of someone in his forties, fifties, not yeah. a, like young. <clears throat> We're going to touch on this later, but like that Mar- the new Marvel series, he looks like a he's like in his early twenties. Yeah, like and it's like that's not. I don't know who this is, but it, yeah, it doesn't look like too... the Punisher too fresh faced in that yeah there's there's no life in his face you gotta you gotta have that so you you gotta be beaten down by you know the vietnam war and yeah spending years killing people you know living in the back of a van and stuff you know he's sort of got that kind of gone beyond that sort of hundred yard stare to the point where he's this fucking slab of killing and yeah 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 um let's mention the other two the other couple of people involved so we've got carl potts um who's um sadly i missed the heroes he was at Heroes. I didn't get over to his table. He was sort of seemed to be in conversation. Yeah, um, very, very well known as um, both an artist and as a reliable mentor style editor. Mm. Um, he does con appearances still. Um, he was a known face at Continuity Studios with Neil Adams and Dick Giordano and, and the and the Krusty Bunkers there. And um, he wrote and did layouts for Punisher War Journal as well. Um, he worked as the editor in chief at Epic. He also currently teaches at. Um, School of Visual Arts in New York, SVA, and he has a blog called generalelectric123.blogspot.com. It's not been ad- updated for a couple of years, but it's well worth a read. Now, he, as we we're talking about it, he was he he was his empire. You know, part of his empire was the Punisher. Mm. And what happened with this story is it had been pitched, um, I think, three times previous to this by Grant, and um, he said he couldn't get anyone to do it. He had these sort of stories that he wanted to pitch and he, he couldn't okay. get him to do it. But he went to um, uh, Potts with Zek attached. And because of that, because they were trying to grab the talent to take them to the Spidey office or the Avengers office or wherever it was going to be, because um, he, he had um, Zek on board, they decided, yeah, that's good, let's do it. And that's when um, it it got accepted as a story. So it had been hanging about for quite a long time. The... Um, the Punisher is, um, in his eyes, Grant, he says he's a real-world character. He doesn't fit well into the Marvel Universe. Um, no, He says, no more war wagons, no more rubber bullets. This is the real world. The Punisher yeah. plays for keeps. This is something, uh, and this is something that he, had, um, he wanted to show. Um, he said, take away resources from him, 
makes him more resourceful, which is quite yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's a good one. The other quote I got from him is, the Punisher is fighting a war. He isn't someone interested in explaining himself or asking for permission. He trusts mm. no one but himself, um, which is an interesting point. So it leads on to what you were talking about in, in this. So by the end of the first couple of issues of this, he started working for a group called The Trust. Is that yes. right? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Um, now, they were an, they were a sort of shady, shadowy, secret organisation who were originally called The Order, but what happened was, just before they went to press on this, the um, they discovered there was a sort of far-right group called The Order. <laughs> so they thought, fuck yeah. that. So they had to change Dodge it that. to uh, the trust, yeah. Yeah, and they, they took him on board and decided to sponsor him, and they make a point within this story of saying, we won't mess about with what you do, we'll just supply you with weapons and bullets yep. and stuff, um, which is interesting. Um I see the Punisher in this as slightly naive than we've seen him recently. Oh, totally. Yeah, he, yeah. he's kind of to sort of say like he's he trusts only himself. In this, he he kind of trusts in people very readily. Like yeah, he uh, like there's that explosion and he lands in the alleyway and like the the Angela uh, character comes up <laughs> and, and basically like he's only woken up from like this huge explosion and then like five minutes later he's having sex with her. <laughs> yeah, man, which is very unpunisher like. He doesn't often God, yeah, bone yeah. women, does he? But yeah. this this Punisher is more of the kind of men's pulp hero, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's not he's not the Garth Ennis Punisher. Yeah. Uh it's weird. There's that one panel, it always stuck out to me when I read it. It's like he's laying in bed and this Angela's like made him some food and he sort of doesn't trust her, so he throws a bit to her and she eats it, it's not a problem. Uh and as, when she's interested in front of you, I'm not sure you've got that page open to. Right. He's got his hand on a pistol that he puts back on the side, and he looks like he's got two massive fingers. <laughs> oh right, okay. And I'm not sure like the Inca might have like done the four fingers as two. And right. it's like, oh okay, that looks a bit weird. But uh, uh, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think her her goal is like her. Someone didn't her loved ones get killed by the kingpin or something? She's like, oh, I'm going to help you out and yeah, to be a nurse, but. Uh, uh, oh, I see that now. He looks like he's got um, he's got Nightcrawler's hand. Yeah, it's really <laughs> yeah, odd. Yeah, uh, but as she turns out, like the, the trust, the trust is uh, double crossing Frank. They yeah. they want him to head up an execution squad, and uh, Angel uh, Angela sorry is what is actually the the squeeze of the the main guy behind the trust. Yeah, and he's sort of manipulating Frank. I mean, it does really smell of the sort of tropes of stuff that we were seeing on television and yeah. in pulp novels at the time and in movies, you know. I, I was thinking of the story rather than, for me, if I was going to re retell that story, I'd rather have them like just killing criminals. I'll try and get like Frank to take out like uh, political opponents that yeah. they needed to move up the chain, but then try and frame it so they're doing something dodgy. So Frank goes in and... yeah. And kills them for him. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're killing people to to further their own goals, as opposed to just oh, we're going to kill criminals and we've got to get Frank on our side. Is that well, he's doing that anyway? So I did laugh know. that it's it's basically a who's who of ethnicities in relation to yes. gangs, isn't it? As well, yeah. the uh, so we have a an, we have a sort of an African American gang, we have Italian Americans, and we have the Irish mob, and then mm. we have somebody called Injun Joe for fuck's sake. Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> It's, what I saw is the uh, they wanted to head up a punishment squad, didn't they? Have kind of like these guys that they brainwashed, and they look like they've bought the Punisher costume off of Wish. That's it. Yeah, it's really yeah. budget. Yeah, it's a really crap shape of a skull on it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
And <laughs> it's like that that shirt you bought, that that jacket you thought was going to make make you look like you're in June. Yeah, oh yeah, and it looked like yeah, I looked like a I don't know what a Wally. <laughs> Absolute prick. <laughs> the um, the other thing I don't if you notice this, I think it's issue three. I'm just trying to find the page, but it, it, at one point there's a van that goes past, and written on the side of it is Chaking uh -oh. Fleas NYC. Did you spot yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. He sent me that, and I was like, oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Daily Planet, Chaking Fleas NYC. Uh, investigation, I think it's meant to say. But the um, that's obviously because they were, they were had a friendship, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little jab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Daily Planet, Shaking Fleas, New York City Investigation. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because, so by the time the, the pencils and, and inks get a bit sloppier and sloppier as it goes through, there's moments of like where it shines, but generally it's... it's uh, a, a lot, lot looser, less, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, a lot looser. And by the time, it's weird because I find that the the story doesn't really come to a, a peak. You would have thought like it starts off this massive prison break. Yeah. Remember the Mark Millar advice of like the ending's always got to be bigger than the yeah. beginning. Yeah. And in the ending, he's kind of just walking through this house with this dog, just occasionally That's shooting right. TV screens, and it's all very somber and kind of. The very low stakes. Yeah, it's definitely uh, anticlimactic. Like, Even though yeah. it's a big ending, it's not what we were expecting, is it? No, you, know? you, you wouldn't expect this off a kind of uh, a Punisher comic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I do like the bit where the the bridge sequence. So yes, he's kind of too. walking out of this house, yeah. and the the Alric's dead, and that uh, the the girl sees him walking across like the silhouette. Thinking, oh, that's him. And then, so oh fuck, you've killed killed my love, my husband, love or whatever. And the Punisher puts a bullet through the engine block and she careens off the bridge and she's hanging off for dear life. Yeah. And like calling to help out and the Punisher just turns his back on her and walks off. I do like um, the way that Zek draws <clears throat> women, but I don't think Vosberg draws them as well. No. So she's much sexier, isn't she, when Zek's drawing her, I think, than yeah. when Mike Vosberg does. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a kind of... It's weird. It, this even the breakdowns and kind of like the, the the layouts. It all seems a very much kind of a reserved affair from the the previous four issues in issue five. Yeah, it does. It's, it's it? not bad per se, but it's just very journeyman kind of. Yeah, it's a it's a shame it kind of goes out on that. But it reminds me of like a Captain America filler issue or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone you'd yeah. get to do like a story and then uh, one of like a character annual, like yeah. Yeah, Hawkeye annual, Captain America annual, kind of uh, an artist kind of finding these. Like, yeah, that's a good these. point, actually. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Vosberg's actually quite good. I actually really like some of the stuff we, we, we've been looking at this week. So, yeah. Um, it could be that there's a massive time constraint on this. Yeah, could well be. It seems to be the case that this was kind of really like, you got to get this out and it's got, it's got to fucking go out. And so this is what they put out. Uh, it seems to be universally kind of online. The, the fifth issue a bit more derided than the rest of the book which yeah. mm, fair enough okay let's uh, talk a little bit about Vosberg so Mike Vosberg born in June 47 in what he describes as the gloomy confines of Michigan um he began in a, also he began in a, in a fanzine called Masquerader and started in some horror and underground comics he worked with Tom Veach in the 70s and later at Kitchen Sink um he is he, he got some stuff in Bizarre Sex 3 which strangely nice. doesn't feature you. Uh, uh -huh. He worked at Marvel and DC and in the OG Valiant stuff. Um, he, so he was working with people like Don Perlin and that at Bloodshot and Archer and Armstrong. Um, so I think Don Perlin was art manager or art director at um, Valiant at the time. 
says, you know, there's, you know, bear in mind Shooter was the EO editor in charge at um, Valiant at the time. So it's quite, mm. it's quite a good little period. Um, he's mostly since then worked in movie storyboarding. Um, although he did for a while share a studio space with Howard Chaikin. So they are Howard Chaikin's fingerprints across everything, aren't they? Yeah, good, yeah. Uh, watched this space for a couple of weeks. He won an Emmy, believe it or not, as the director of the Spawn, the animated series. That's quite that something. Is, that's a good animated series. It is if, good, isn't if, it? If, yeah. if a character, a faithfully done animated series, you uh, point me to Spawn, because that's uh, so well done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I rewatched um, some of that about three or four years ago, and it does stand up. I still don't know. I've still got it on videotape, I think. you know. The only uh, thing that doesn't hold up for me is the beginning bits with Todd McFarlane. Doing the right. live action of course, bits. I forgot about that. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, a, yeah. they're a bit, a bit cringy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, uh, I just happened to be looking on YouTube and I looked up and uh, there's like they did a cartoon with Chuck Norris called Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos. And yeah. before every episode, he does like a to the camera piece. <laughs> says, "Oh, you know, there's always someone in life that's going to stitch you up." Like this time when I was in the Maldives and Doc, horrible, tried to stitch me up, and then cuts to the cartoon. Uh, right. So, fucking hell. Well, do you know who <laughs> drew some painful. of them? That's a comic as well. Do you know who drew some of them? No. Steve Ditko. Really? Yeah. Yeah. How weird is that? Yeah. Um, you get it for a paycheck, I guess. But yeah, I think that's it. Can't be up. Yeah. High point of doing fucking Chuck Norris and the Karate Commandos. It was Star Comics, I think, or something like that at the time. Okay. And he just used to go <laughs> and collect his check, I guess, at uh, yeah, Madison enough. Avenue. Yeah. Um, if you go to Vozart, V O Z A R T dot com. Vozart.com. The you'll see there's a loads of really good free comics by Mike Vosberg in there. Um you got Retro Wood, which has a real Wally Wood feel to it. Um and there's another comic called Daisy Chain. Oh there's um another comic called Linda Lovecraft, High Priestess of Sexual Fantasy. Okay. Yeah. I see I see where the, there's a I see where this is going. Yeah, there's a theme here somewhere. Yeah. Um there's also some great essays in there on comics, including one on Eisner and a couple on Miller, one on Gil Kane, Dan Spiegel. More than that as well. So he's obviously he's one of these dudes who studies the craft, you know. Mm, he really yeah. is. I think you're right though. I think this maybe is just a rush job, not the best example of his work, sort of thing. No, yeah. yeah. Sometimes you got to do that. Yeah, I think you're right, man. Uh, I mean, there's part of me that say, can we just like leave Zek to do the fifth part? But uh, there seems to be some kind of politics going on there that that didn't transpire. Plus, I'm really guessing not. deadlines are a whole different game. Yeah. Then not you know, they've to sort it. of yeah they've stretched a bit now, and they so, you know it's not really. Just, just do the Rob Blyfeld deadline. <laughs> yeah, just never just do whenever. that. Issue, whenever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got the brigade trade well. Nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> Can you give the money back? No. Nope. Nope. Uh, yeah. Um, so we've got that, and it's it's a really good. I think you can find this in various formats. So I've got yes. mine, say in the Marvel Masterworks. There's a trade of it. It's also in the Essentials in black and white. Um, it's all over the place. It's one of those very popular Punisher yeah. series that you can you can pretty much find. And can I, I point out the covers yeah. by Zek? Oh fucking yeah. amazing! They're so well done. The, the the energy and athleticism in it is brilliant. There's the one. This is the first instance I've seen of this. It may have been done before, but when the Punisher's standing in front of the uh, the target range yeah. figure, uh, that's like almost an iconic image. And you've, you've seen it a couple of times where people do something similar. There's one with uh, Voodoo from the Wildcats, and she's behind it, and it's all been these bullet holes shot through it, and it's all torn up, and she's looking through it. It's right. a really strong way, a graphic way of kind of like uh, framing your character. And there's other ones where he's like... Uh, 
hiding around a corner, like putting in a clip in a, a magazine into a newsie, and there's a load of gang members coming down at him from like Fourth Street Station. And yeah. oh, so invocative at the time. They really are, man. And they're, they're comics that I'm sure if we dug around, we'd find homages to all over the place. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I know Luke Cooper, who does the Hollow Girl, he's yeah. homaged the issue one where Frank's like got the two pistols up against oh, the wall firing. Yeah. yeah. I've seen that a couple of times on, on By different people. Bits. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the one where he's sort of hanging outside the window, I'm sure I've seen a couple of them as well, you know, looking in at the card game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. He's got that yeah. fucking big shotgun. Zeg- it's funny, it's got, he's got like a suitcase with grenades in it and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd, you'd, look at these grenades. <laughs> he has a few prints, doesn't he? When we met him, I bought a couple of prints yes. off him, um, yeah. Punisher prints, which are lovely. It's just sort of black and white line work. Yeah, really good. Yeah, so I mean, it's a, it's a good series. Um, any other high points, man, in it for you? Any sort of pages or sequences or stuff like that you, you particularly <clears throat> want to mention? Generally, like I could pick out pretty much any page in the first issue uh yeah. there's got some lovely brits throughout the one page i really like uh, it comes in on 40, 41 and my one and it's where frank is uh in the office of like the prison warden and his mate and the police come in and there's a shot from behind with a frank like his arms he's dropping the gun and there's shotguns on him oh, and he's yeah. fucking got a massive back like yeah. it fucking looks good real like you wouldn't fuck around with this guy at all yeah, great uh, use of shadow on him as well. Yeah, yeah. And the pages come along where he puts on the, the Punisher suit again. Uh, That's that. Right. The one from the back is is something you can only do in comics. Yeah, because the yeah. the view of it is all wrong. I mean, where's the camera coming from? For now, you know, yeah. who's standing there? There's nobody standing there. Is it? Have you no. got all those three guns in the same space? You know, it doesn't. But it's so dramatic as a comic panel, it works perfectly, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. One thing that makes me laugh, you know, a bit where he's like in the office and he's put the suit on and he's like, yeah, all right, and he's putting his glove on. Because they give him his uniform. What? So what? Did he just change into his uniform in front of the two blokes? <laughs> yeah, watched? take his trousers down. Because they, they seem to be paying a lot of attention. The yeah. the man in the uh, the the the, um, the the sort of strange waistcoat is yeah. and the red tie appears to be watching him from the back, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So can you turn around while I take my trousers off? Why? Can you turn around? <laughs> my, one of my yeah, favorite. Frank's an absolute baller. He just pull his underwear down and everything. Yeah, yeah. Just, he just look at this. Fuck. Yeah, look at this. I'm doing. The, okay, I'm doing the goat, and he pushes it through the back. Yeah. One of my favorites is um, issue uh, number three, where it's the first splash page, which is three pages in, um, where you get the view like a nice wrinkly, takes no shit Punisher face, and he's driving the car. With the guy behind him pulling the gun. Oh yeah, that's fucking great. That's I love that. I so want to. Yeah. So want to use that style of image. It works yeah. perfectly, doesn't it? There's a couple of moments where like it, it flashes to Frank's eyes in a close-up. Yeah. And Zek managed to invest him with so much fucking fury and anger. Uh, there's one right at the, the, the beginning, the end of the last book, and there's a couple throughout. Yeah. Where they they put it to him, and it flashes to him. He goes, "Oh, to be out to get back to the war. Who can I trust? The trust." I've always worked alone and the eyes of it's just like fucking hell like he, yeah it doesn't need the guns he can fucking burn people down with his vision yeah it's, it's something it, that uh comes back in the new marvel series <laughs> yeah 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 later on yeah so let so let's talk a little bit about that i think um the i've written a line in here he's he's gone from pulp to political football i think mm, without doubt um now i've got a few thoughts on this now I think people can't 
people don't understand him. It's wrong for me to say that about Aaron because I very much enjoyed Aaron's previous run on the character mm. with the balls yeah. and stuff. But I think there's the problem is, and I think the atmosphere is that people don't know what to do with him because um, good and bad and right and wrong well, has become modern day so, sensibilities. Yeah, has, yeah, has become sort of so ridiculously polarized. I laugh at it because we live in a world now where. Um, Non-binary is a very common phrase. Mm. So people pride themselves in being non-binary, okay? But it's if you kind of bring up anything to do with politics, they, that goes out the window and everything yeah. is fucking utterly binary. Yeah, it's Char- like either, yeah. you're ever for me against me. Yeah, exactly, like, yeah. yeah. And characters in comics don't have to be completely good and completely bad. No. It's got. It's more interesting when there's a moral ambiguity to it. Definitely. If yeah. someone's completely bad or completely good, that's a boring character because yeah. you just there's no nuance because no one's like that. Yeah. Now this is what's happened in the recent series. Whether it's going to carry on, I actually kind of hope it's stopping now. And there's a reason for it. But mm. I, I think I, I messaged you saying I think I see a way. I think they're writing their way out of this bullshit. Okay. Um, I mean, if they, I've got to say, if they they realise what's going on and they've had to pivot and address it and they're doing so in this series i applaud them for it but i've got to see how it plays out yeah me too man yeah and i've always bought the punisher it's a series i've always read um i really like him as a character i find Mm. him infinitely interesting yeah you know i would never say someone i look up to because he's a fucking fictional comic character i'm not a child you know but the the problem the problem so for those that don't know um the comics have changed the story in relation to him obviously the origin of frank is that his family were killed by the mafia and here from then on he takes he's on a rampage to kill you know criminals and stuff yeah now he has in the new series joined the hand which is the sort of evil mystical ninja crew that have mm. appeared in you know various comics including his and spider-man but mostly daredevil and Electra. yeah and um he's sided with the devil in order to bring his wife and kids back from the dead yeah. Now, it's there's the parallels that can be made to the trust in this because he obviously joins up with the trust. But yeah. beyond that, I find it a very difficult, different kettle because they don't control him, they don't set any rules, they don't try and bring his wife back, and they just no. allegedly just supply him with weapons until he yeah. sees sees that they're it's the wrong thing to do. But in this, he's kind of he's but be- there's, it's like he's he. In the Circle of Blood, he seems completely oblivious to what's going on, where in the more recent series, he'd think he might have his own game going. Yeah. You're not sure what that is yet. Yeah. It's a really weird one. So as it's gone on, he's still killing bad people as a sort of leader of the hand. Mm. Um, and their people are being killed for failing on missions and stuff like that. Um, there's a flashback issue, which is a sort of side issue, um, where it flashes back to him as the Punisher years before, and they put him in a jacket with the jacket done up. Yeah, it's really... It goes back to what we were saying about the symbolism and the skull. Yeah. Uh, for me, relinquishing control of the, the iconography isn't the way to go. Yeah. You you own that. That's yours, Marvel. Like, you should be fucking taking that by the, by the scruff of the neck and say, this is ours, and... Yeah taking it do you know what i mean don't fucking say oh this it's not that this symbol's been subverted now and we're gonna just relinquish it I, I wouldn't be like that no 
so he's given a different chess symbol it's a sort of mystical skull with you know it's yeah. very different um and you, all this is going on and then he there's a there's this organization that they're at odds with and the the main bad guy at that organization is Ares, the god of war who was hmm. previously in um an avengers you know when the avengers were evil you know um and he has the punisher skull on his chest yeah, he sort, of, he sort of refers to Frank as like his his best kind of a- acolyte, as it were, because he, he he like worshipped war, and that's yeah. what Ares is. And for me, I was like, I can in, I can take this for what it is, but I, this isn't my Punisher. Yeah, you know what I mean. This is like the Marvel Universe Punisher. I prefer the kind of uh, like the creator was was saying earlier, and he doesn't really belong in that universe. Yeah, but, but if he does, this is what he is. So yeah. I'm yeah. not going to fucking cry on the internet about it. In fact, Jerry Conway says, in my mind, he's not a good guy. <clears throat> you know, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, it's weird because he justifies his actions within the hand. Like, we, we kill, like, bad people and evildoers. And they sort of just acquiesce to what he wants to do. And he's just chopping people's heads off left and right. These three, ninja, three in the hand come back and say, look, we, we fucked up. We didn't kill Ares. And that chief kind of high priest has said, right, you've got to kill these guys. And they're like, well, I'm not killing anyone because they did something wrong. Or tried their best and failed. They haven't done anything wrong. Yeah, and they're like, oh, okay. And then they come back later, and like the woman's killed all their families, but not them, to sort of teach him. Yeah. It's like fucking hell. And uh, it, you can tell that Frank is like biting down who he is because they've got his wife. And at one point, he tries to leave the compound with his wife, and she starts degenerating immediately. Yeah, yeah that's an interesting one, isn't it? So <laughs> he he knows that it's not real. Yeah. I don't know. I just Frank isn't. Uh, see, I don't think Frank Castle is Frank Castle anymore. He's not. He's just this relentless killing machine. Yeah, he's just changed. He's not no longer that man. And it's and doing that is both lying to himself at the same time as being very self indulgent mm. in relation to his own feelings when he knows it isn't the truth. There's this horrible scene where they try and they're trying to grow the kids again. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, that's and, messed up. And the kids are sort of this weird sort of blob of flesh and stuff and the woman keeps saying it's going wrong again it's going wrong again so there's, there's not enough for them to work on to bring them back yeah and uh, I, I kind of think frank realizes that this isn't real and it's never going to work because his it's maria his wife isn't it she keeps right, asking yeah. For, yeah. for the kids and having flashbacks to the, the park when they were killed and stuff and she's just and a he, ghost of herself she's not yeah. really herself no. is she she's she's in fact that's part of the problem is that yeah. she isn't fleshed out as a character, so it doesn't make the situation believable. So no. you don't believe that Frank is doing it. The, the artwork is is makes Frank look sort of gives him that heroic look, isn't it? It's not Gore and Parlor. Yeah, it, it's, you know? no, it's kind of like feels like a kind of almost a, a manga anime style, and he's very kind of smooth skinned and sort of yeah, it's got like boyish good looks, and it's like this this isn't my Frank. Uh, one of the, the the more egregious things, I mean. This series got flack when it first started coming out from certain uh, quarters of the the fandom, as you were. Yeah. And uh, they painted, they do something to Frank, which I, I don't like as story wise, and that's painting basically he was a violent sociopath, psychopath his entire life, and he's always yeah. So wanted we to kill. rewrite the, the origin story, which is another problem. Yeah, I yeah. really don't like that. The the whole for me, the whole point of the Punisher is here's a man who kind of did things by the book. He was always by the book. He did things violently, but yeah it, the, the system breaks down for him and then he breaks down yeah He's, the, he the hasn't stuff broken ennis, down all the way through the stuff that ennis wrote prior to him being the punisher where yeah. he's this just like this hero in the war yeah i mean like he he 
in Born, I think that's really well done. Right. I, I really, yeah. I really like Born and the fact that he kind of ticks over at the end, and he seems to make a Faustian pact with an entity, but you don't know whether that entity is real or if it's in his head or right. what that is. Uh, but I, I really like that. It, it, it's not like oh, it is Ares, the god of war, or it is this or it is that. But yeah, yeah, like I said, he he's got he's not. Uh, he may have like psychopathic tendencies and he's got it under control, but he's like essentially a good guy who plays by the rules. He he works for law enforcement after he comes back from uh, Vietnam. It's only when yeah. the system fails him that he he takes up the the Punisher identity. I almost find Ares more interesting when I'm reading this series. Definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, kind of and then way, the- way more interesting, fleshed out, and he's got yeah. an, got a hook to him. It sounds like you're up to date on it, man, as well, because you you, you realise that there's a there's a line at the end of the most recent issue where you think, I think, right, this is something's gone on we we haven't been allowed to see yet. Yeah. So I won't ruin it for everyone, but a guest star no. arrives, someone who knows him well, and says, "What the fuck's going on?" Yeah, I, I was so so in this series. But as it as it's gone along, I've been more and more interested with it. Yeah, me too, actually, man. Yeah. I could do without yeah. the two art styles and the parallel stories. I think it, they should have just done it until they had one story. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that clearly one of them, one of the artists, is a bit late. Let's not say who, yeah. but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, but it, I, I still think that the the, the change of the backstory, I think that's really egregious. I, yeah, I really too. don't like it. Yeah, it doesn't need it. it doesn't need no, it. No, I yeah. really the modern thing of kind of like rather than create new stuff, they go back and keep playing in the same sandpit. This fucking don't just keep moving forward don't keep mining the, the past because you using that metaphor you keep mining and you just take all this structure out of it and it just it's yeah. weak and it can collapse it just doesn't work i think one of the mistakes people make is imbuing frank with too much personality and giving him too much character hmm. i think when you look at some of the classic runs where he's you know war zone um uh just like you say just even stuff like killing the marvel universe you know he's just yeah. this machine i don't think we mm. need to know what makes him tick on a day-to-day basis have you got any previous series or artists you've enjoyed drawing in man or or um little ones I, that you've enjoyed i remember kind of like the there's a carl Potts series that uh he drew and then jim lee has some finishes over him right uh that's a weird one because it's kind of like it's like jim lee's bursting to get out of these kind of finishes he does on someone else's work that's an interesting right. one I, I did like the Ennis stuff, and there's stuff at the beginning of uh, his run, which basically he just brushes aside all the stuff that comes before him, like the Marvel Knight stuff when he turns into a fucking oh God, Avenger yeah, and Angel. About that one, yeah. Uh, Everyone forgets about that. Everyone goes on about Marvel Knight's Punisher, but there was a four-issue series before that where he became a magical character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was just, and he had like kind of ghost guns that he could... Yeah. And I, was, I remember getting that. It was Bernie issue Wrightson, him. wasn't it? Yeah, I was thinking, what's this about? And I read it, and like, that is fucking utter trash. I'm never <laughs> reading it. Almost like, I wish I'd fucking give myself a head injury so I could forget it. <laughs> I mean, he has been thrown about a bit, hasn't he? So we've yeah. had all sorts of things. So we've had Frankencastle famously, Frank where they sort of yeah. made him into sort of half Frankenstein monster. Um, we obviously had Space Punisher, yeah. um, which he's was t- okay, actually. I quite enjoyed uh, that. He turned black. They made him black. He made was that Mike Barron? Uh, is it? I can't remember. That's that, just right? the, the 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 classic t- comic characters turning black because like he everyone was after him and he had a real fucked up face. So this woman did surgery on him, like kind of ex surgeon, now a drug dealer. Frank got her, to, <laughs> and he he went to sleep and then woke up and he was a black man. I was like, that's some fucking surgery. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, he he was 
uh, Punisher versus Archie. That was a series. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, there was the one that just fucked about, which was really dark when he went up against Bullseye, that which was the Steve Dillon and um, Aaron run as well. Um, he's oh, had, I've not read that. It's really good. He's had some great artists as well. We've had obviously Zach. We've talked about John Romita Jr. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff he did, the team ups he did with Wolverine and Ghost Rider were good. Warzone's um, fucking great. Yep. Yeah. Um, Steve Dillon obviously is is the Don. Goran Parloff, we love. We're big fans of his work. Hmm. Um, you've mentioned Jim Lee, Steve McNiven as well. Um, the one that I didn't quite get was the Mitch Gerard story with um, Nathan Edmondson, where they gave him a mask. Okay, I didn't, I didn't really read that know one. What was going on with that? No. Nah. He, he doesn't need a mask. It doesn't need a mask. Yeah, I kind of thought it might be because the artist didn't want to keep drawing his face or something. Uh, a bit maybe don't take on the Punisher then, because that's the dude running around <laughs> yeah, with his yeah, face yeah, out all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I definitely recommend recommend this one, man. I think it's, yeah. it's a good solid series. Um, I think if you were kind of like brought up more on the older, the newer Punisher stuff with the like the, the typical Ennis one, this might be. It's not the same thing, but I think you can look at it and read it as a kind of a, a piece that sits well with that. It's before that character came along, and I I really enjoy it. I think it's a solid book. Yeah, it's good fun. It's very much. Yeah. I enjoyed it in the, very much the same way that I enjoyed um, when we did. I think it's episode. Was it like episode one hundred and three or something like that? Where we did. Um, the Captain America run, yes, with Kieran Dwyer and that yeah. little firm. Yeah, it's just readable, good sequential yeah. comics. You know, yeah. Doesn't so. try. To, this one doesn't really make any sort of uh, political or socio statements, does it? It's just yeah, fun action, killing gangsters, banging birds. Yeah, you know, classic. <laughs> <laughs> right good thanks for that man good choice actually there was quite a lot to read on that one I was, it was, I'm, I'm glad I found some stuff um, about that one so let's yeah, see. I'm, I'm interested to see how generally yeah, the Punisher what's in store for the Punisher how, yeah. how the character gets handled and moving forward this current arc from going from massive indifference to almost like sneering at it but then the ignorant thing of not read it. And when I re- started reading it and got a few issues in up to the point we are now, I was like, oh, okay, interesting. It's definitely improved, man. Yeah. Yeah. The the appearance of the guest star at the end of the most recent one, I, th- I really am yeah. now so keen to see what happens. Mm. I've always found Ares quite an interesting character. He's kind of like Thor, but, you know, just fuck, doesn't give a fuck. A dark, yeah. dark, yeah, Thor. Yeah, it was Doctor wasn't it? He was in. Yeah, it's when you get to issue four or five and then it's finding his feet, it's like, man... Maybe you should have written that differently. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe it should have been the end of issue one or two that you're kind of getting some of this down. I don't mean to con- uh, criticise the, the the writing too much, but yeah, it's kind of... Yeah. I actually almost think that um, but on, on Aries, I honestly think that maybe, this is maybe just me being cynical, is they've seen the, the fact that Black Adam's about to have a big successful movie. And they think, well, who have we got who's a bit like that? Well, Submariner, yeah. but we've also got Ares as well. Yeah. You know, Ares so- is more of an easy, for me, an easy sell rather than Namor running around, flying around in pants with wings <laughs> on his ankles. Yeah, yeah. He's just a bastard, isn't he? You know? Yeah. Yeah. He's- good, <laughs> good stuff, man. Right. Let's talk a little bit about you. Um, so you've, uh, what you got on the go at the moment? Because I know. You have put back your Kickstarter. We, you were going to launch it, but the sort of due to sensitivities of the political yes. climate, you put that back a bit. Are there any plans yeah. to release that at all then? Or? Yeah, I'm kind of working on that now. We're kind of the, the decks have almost been cleared, and that's hopefully going to be kickstarting in the next month or two. Those words might come back to haunt me, but it's... <laughs> so that's the new Viper. 
Yeah, it's Viper 2, the uh, Soviet strike, which kind of uh, clashed Man, with... how much were you kicking yourself last? Because you were going to launch it about a year ago, weren't you? About a year ago, yeah. yeah. And obviously the uh, invasion of Ukraine uh, happened. Very, very inconsiderate of uh, Putin <laughs> to do that. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of like, oh man, I can't fucking release this now. This is yeah. the, It'd come across as shameless. But yeah. and you'd have to look at the amount of work in it, and you could tell I didn't just rustle this up in a week. It's been like yeah. months and months and months. But even then, I was like, I, I don't. It doesn't feel right. So I think well, you've done I the totally to you for right advice. Thing. Yeah, I think and, you did yeah, totally you the right thing. And 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 about three months after we discussed it, and you sort of sensibly said, "No, I'm going to shelve it for a bit." Cause that's the right thing to do. Somebody, I saw somebody. Um, if you go to Never on Anything, you can find the review I did it. Brought out a book on Putin, and then used the war in the video of launching it. As a uh, way to sell the fucking book. Yeah, I think we discussed it. It's, that's Mate, terrible. That is terrible. Shameful. Isn't that literally profiteering off people's fucking misery and death? Yeah, like, I wonder how those, you know, the parents have killed soldiers and yeah. bombed out houses. And, you know, they look at it and think, oh, I'm, gl- I'm glad he's uh, mentioning the quid. Ukraine and Donetsk yeah. and Luhansk to sell his fucking book. Yeah, anyway, I think you've done the right thing here. Mate. Oh, yeah, see, thing, see how things go. And then, and then, and then, yeah, hopefully. I mean, I, I, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. And to be honest, the book has no relation whatsoever. It's kind of harkens back to the uh, the typical Russian bad guy you'd find in a 1980s action film. So yeah, like Raw Deal or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no, <laughs> there's stuff, very man. little semblance to uh, reality there. And then Vanguard continues. You, I think you're about to overtake um, Dave Sim and Cerebus for the most. Uh, the most comics produced by a single individual. Aren't they? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Issue twenty, uh, just in a bag. That's with a proofreader, and oh, cool. when that's all approved, that'll go up on the uh, the patron, and I'll, I'll probably stick it on uh, Comic House. And then once kind of Viper's cleared up, <clears throat> the scripts kind of thumbnails like little plot points at the moment. I'll be moving on to issue twenty one, and I think there's only going to be about twenty three, twenty four issues of Vanguard, and that'd be the end of it. Wow. You'd be so, bereft, wouldn't you? Yeah, I guess. Oh, well, yeah. It's a story with an ending. I want to get to that ending. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do once it's done or how I feel. So uh, I've not thought about that at all because I, I don't know how I'm going to be feeling at the end of it. Not yeah. going to be like maudlin or like, I, I just won't, I don't know where I'm, where I'm going to go after that. So I'm not going to try and preempt myself. Yeah, I get you, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's a bit of freedom, though, isn't it? You can see what you can play about with and do after that, can't you? You know? Yeah, I think rather than fucking spend another fifteen years of my life making a single title, I might just do more standalones. Or, or I've honestly found working with other people uh, is a joy because stuff just gets done faster. You can bounce ideas off people. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> working a team as opposed to just going lone wolf, as it were. Yeah, motivationally, it's good sometimes because you can it yeah. pushes you to do stuff, doesn't it? I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I've just finished this something with with four P and Foul P. Actually, they're both the same. Is that you know they're saying to me, "Have you, have you got the other pages yet?" You know, and I'm like, "Oh Christ, have you already done that?" Christ you know, it's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better pull my finger out. Yeah, but it was if it was left to me, if I could actually draw, then it, you know, it'd be bloody years before I brought produce anything. Because <laughs> I wander around thinking it's fun just to think about it. You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. Like I do in a couple of like creative groups, and people say. I'm going to do this. I've got this planned. I've got like a 65 page, 64 page epic. I was like, man, get fucking one page done. Then yeah. do the second. And then when you've got an issue, don't yeah. start talking about your multiverse and your multimedia empire. And you're going to make video <laughs> games and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 
it's like those people on the X Factor say, "Oh, you earn a, you earn a the last of me." It's, it is the absolute last you've earned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we yeah. said for that bloke, you you went and see. So I should eat those. Oh yeah, the shittiest comedian in, in Yorkshire. The hotel bar. <laughs> 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 yeah, good stuff, man. Yeah, any other anything else in the works you got? You can talk no, about just a few just, secret projects in you, I'm sure. Yeah, just a couple of uh, things flying underneath the radar, and you know, d- dabbling. So cool. Maybe I'll talk about them one day. But, Maybe, uh, yeah. Today's not that day. Just in court, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably in court yeah, too. Yeah, yeah the magistrate. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the ACP rocks on, my friend. We've had um, we had Christian Wargoose on last week. He was very good, wasn't he? Yeah, it's, uh, Christian's a dude. He's yeah. uh, such a great creator. He sent um, me a message today saying, where's my postcard? That's what he said. It takes me with today. I did uh, notice that... Uh, John Otway and Cliff Cumber have put in their diaries about listening to the ACP on Christmas Day. Whilst naked. Well, in their calendars. Oh, so. Vince, what's Vince got me into there? He said, I've got to draw something as well. He's made up these rules. I think all three of us, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we've got so, two of them uh, so far. Yeah. 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 Well, I didn't really remind people away. of that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want proof. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing any events? you got any events coming up? I don't think we have a, a, as a threesome. No, no. Yeah, yeah it's kind of... It's been a bit of a weird one. Uh, I think kind of with the, the uncertainty of like prices and stuff, the cost of living. Yeah. I've been a bit sort of guarded on what I'm doing because like uh, you get hit with a fucking massive bill that comes out of nowhere. You think, what the fuck's this come from? And like you've, yeah. you put, for, me, for me, making comics is a fucking loss leader. I don't make oh, no, money. We never, we never make any money, will we? Yeah. So if, like if we uh, buy a sandwich, I thought we might. Yeah. If I'm lay- out laying hundreds of pounds on comics and going to an event and... Yeah, I've really got. To, I mean, we said this about Thought Bubble. I spent a fair bit of money on yeah. which essentially was a jolly, and I could have just spent three days there having a laugh with you guys, which would have been a, a much the same to the, the sort of the same experience. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, I mean, we're not doing that this year. <clears throat> I think the problem is, it's like there's basically six weeks of conventions. All all of the conventions in the year are almost mm. crammed into six weeks. You know, we've got I'm very envious of you going to the uh, the US ones because they sound like the fucking real deal. Yeah, that's good, man. I think Cumber's coming to New York. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. I would love to see uh, Leamington come back, uh, Troops come yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Melksham was another one. Yeah, Melksham, yeah. Yeah, there's a few. There, I only got there. to go to one of them, and they, they packed up. Oh, we all drove down, didn't we? That's yeah, right. fuck yeah, me, yeah. that was a drive. That was oh, a fucking yeah. eight-hour round trip. <laughs> yeah. After I'd done that, I was like, I'm not driving that far again in a single day, because that was absolutely brutal. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but when we drove up to Yorkshire, it went wrong really quickly, didn't we? Could you just fucking chat in the car? Gassing, talking shit, and we just flew <laughs> by. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's a shame we're not doing it again, but it just wasn't my my cup of tea last time. And like you say, financially, it's a loss for us. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't mind making the loss financially to sort of sell comics, but the, uh, the what Thought Bubble has become is very different from what people used to talk about it being like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I went there thinking oh, I was going to be this, and when I got there, it it was half that and half something else, and yeah. I didn't really like the something else very much. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. So I've got the, I've got um, New York, then I've got the lakes. Uh, that's going to be a good one. Then I've got the lakes. Bam, and then I got Nottingham. So that's my little schedule. Brilliant. And then I'm doing a horror festival as well, which should be a lot. I saw what you sent over for that. Caroline Munro's there. Yeah, I'll probably get off with her. Yeah, yep. at minimum. <laughs> um, 
Don't ring in and say that's sexist because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if she tries it on, I'm not going to turn it down. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, you can ring in if you'd like. Uh, Vince's yeah, number in. is 0793. <laughs> <laughs> Um, good stuff, man. Um, and th- so, what have you got on for sale? Anything we can plug? Uh, I've got all Vanguard books one, two, three, four, uh, Viper issue one. Uh, if you want any of those, get in touch with me via social media. So, I don't actually have a storefront up at the moment, which is poor. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so just keep an eye on my, the socials when uh, Viper Soviet Strike goes live. Good stuff, man, as we will do. Um, and where can we find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic and you can read Vanguard at VanguardComic.com. And it's yeah, all on, on Comic it. House. Yeah. Uh, and it's all the, online. The, you can just read it on the webpage, can't you? you know, yeah. You can go back and read it all the way through. It's yeah. hideous amounts of uh, grammatical and spelling errors throughout in the online one because they're unproofed, but all the PDF versions are all proofed. Oh, good stuff. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Good stuff, man. Mm. Good. Um, we've released a comic today. Um, so Hank Fur 2 from Tribute Press, which is drawn by Daryl Thorpe and written by me um, that came out today so thanks to everyone who's bought a copy i really appreciate it i've got an envelope up a couple more after this for sending off tomorrow so they should be soon with you nice. so one and two are both on the site as are um hercules we've got hercules five i think it's the only one currently of hercules four sorry the only one that's currently available and in print um hidden lives dirty basement uh, Tony Osman is a movie star and Horror Chronicles are all available nice. on there. So go on to the tri- tributepress.co.uk and you can get that. There's also a t-shirt. So we've done a t-shirt for the um for the release of the final the second and final issue of nice. uh so which but it's being done by someone else. So if you get the comic, don't expect to get the t-shirt at the same time because it's been we've basically third party supplied it. So yeah. you can order it through the website, but it'll be sent out by someone else. So it's saying five days to get to you, but I think okay. that's five working days. So I've ordered one. So since mine mine arrives, I know how long it'll be. They always give you that as they to cover themselves, didn't they? But yeah, it exactly. could turn up in fucking two or three. Yeah, exactly. So I'm quite happy about that. That's quite quite excited. Yeah. It's by design by Four peaks, so he's done a few designs, and we sort of pick one of them. So there may be some Brilliant. more coming. So thanks to everyone who's bought that. I've uh, I own every book put out by Tribute. Oh, thank you, mate. That's great. Uh, I think yes. some of you've given me, so I can't. No, that'd be high silly. Five That's my, very kind. Can't high five myself too much. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> thanks for buying one today, man. I'd have given you no, one no for worries. free, but it's very kind of you. Yeah, cool. No worries. Good stuff. Um, I'll say goodbye to Dan now, but we've got um, a couple of specials coming up. One, um, both in relate relate to single artists who we've mentioned in this episode. Actually, both of them have been mentioned in this episode, and they're the next two that are coming up. But um, if you've got a book you want to talk about, then reach out. You can contact me through neveronanything.com. There's a um, contacts page there, and you can get me on there. I don't do Twitter and Facebook anymore, so you can't find me on there, sadly. But uh, you can get to me through the website. Thanks, dude. Much appreciated, mate. No problem. Enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.